so much we are ready for our next speaker i am going to um, spotlight if i'm able to our next speaker oh i am not there we and our next speaker oh there you go is tamika there we go i can spotlight you now um i do love her background she has a qr code and a plant we'll go into that in a little bit <laughs> Our next speaker is Tamika Leon. Now she's going to talk about achieving your goals without the overwhelm. So we've done um, some, we set the stage with reflection. We learned about questioning. We learned uh, from Claudia. Then we learned from Jackie about not deferring yourself. And now we're going to learn about achieving our goals, the goals we're thinking of without the overwhelm. Tamika Leon is a confidence and goal success coach, founder of the Coffee Yoga Life blog. That's a great title. The three things I love. <laughs> and the Mindful Success Club. She helps high achieving women redefine what success means to them and create a realistic action plan to make it happen. Tamika's coaching journey began after fighting her strongest battle with low self-esteem, low self-confidence, and imposter syndrome. I think I definitely know I've been there um, and, and I've learned a lot from you. After months of this internal battle, she decided that she was tired of trying to live according to everyone else's definition of success and was going to start focusing on what she wanted. And what she wanted was to help other high achieving women define success for themselves. Tamika's methodology is a combination of the hit it hard, knock it out of the park style of goal setting mixed with, I'm listening to my feminine energy and giving my body what it needs plus a touch or slightly more of the law of attraction. Tamika, welcome. And um, the summit floor is all yours. Thank you, Jackie. And hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. And honestly, I can't tell you how perfect this is. And this lineup fits perfectly in what I'm about to share. So let me share my screen. There we go. Um, let me get to the beginning and then I will start sharing. Okay, so as Jackie mentioned, what I'm going to talk about is how you can achieve your goals without the overwhelm. Now, I'm sure all of you here are like me in that you're really ambitious, you have a lot of goals, but as women, we tend to take on the world, basically, and Jackie just talked about that. So what I wanna teach you is some of what I learned so that I could get out of that cycle of always being exhausted and just feeling like I was putting myself on the back burner to make everybody else successful. And now I'm able to focus more on what it is that I want, but also still support others when it fits. So when we talk about success and when you listen to you know, like a lot of the gurus, like the Tony Robbins, the Brendan Burchards, it's like most of the time you're looking at topics of time management, you're looking at productivity, you're looking at habits. But when it comes to success, especially for women, and I will say I mainly focus on working with women just because one, we need and deserve that time just for us, but also because we don't function the same way men do. 
Okay, so today I'm going to talk to you about self-care and mindfulness and why they need to be an intentional part of your goal plan. Then we're going to look at some, actually four different four-phase cycles that impact your energy and your productivity. And then I want to quickly touch on how you use that to create a block schedule, as well as building in that information to create a goal plan that works for you based on your cycles. Okay, so first I want to share a study that I found. And this study was actually really important to me, mainly because one, it focused on self-care habits but also because it focused on self-care habits and its impact on people's lives after we went through 2020. So 2020, basically the world shut down and we needed a new normal. So as we were starting to slowly climb out of that, that's when this study was done. Okay, so in 2021, in a poll of 2000 people, 64% of those people said that self-care provided a much needed boost in their self-confidence. 67% said that they felt more productive and 71% felt happier after taking that time for themselves. So if I was to say absolutely nothing else to you about self-care, I really feel like this study, and just the study alone, really shows the importance of you taking that time to focus on making sure that your needs are met. Okay, so when I say self-care, what do I mean? Self-care is what you do to take care of yourself. It is you making sure that your needs are met. And when you think about it, we're the only ones responsible for ensuring that our needs are met. As much as we may want others to take that into consideration, to be the ones to take care of us, we're the only ones responsible at the end of the day to make sure that we're getting what we need. So in that sense, that's something that you need to make a priority for yourself. And when we talk about self-care, self-care is not just the, you know, the bubble baths and the massages. And trust me, I love all of those things. But there is so much more that we need to do for ourselves when it comes to our self-care. So when I look at self-care, I look at these four different areas. I look at my physical health, and that is, you know, working out or getting in some kind of physical activity that's making sure that I, I go to the dentist when I need to, making sure that I go to the doctor when I need to, keeping up with my physical health. Okay, the next section is your mental health. And this is you taking time to meditate, you taking time to, to really just think about what it is that you want, think through what you're going through. And for a lot of people, it seems like, I think as a society, the, the thought process behind going to see a therapist is changing, but there are still some stigmas around it. But part of taking care of your mental health is being honest with yourself and saying, I feel like I need to talk to somebody or I feel like I need help. Let me make an appointment and find somebody who can help me. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you doing that. And in all honesty, if you're around people who don't want you to focus on your mental health, I'm going to challenge you 
to really pull back how much time you spend with them because they may think that they have your best interest at heart, but they might not actually have it. So make sure that whatever it is that you need to do to be okay mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually, you are making that a priority and you are taking that on. Now, the next one is your emotional health. And this is one of those things where, I don't know how, how you guys were, but for me, it was if you're crying, if you're sad, if you're anything other than happy or angry, you're too sensitive. It took me a long time to break that. And honestly, I still struggle with that sometimes. But being able to openly and honestly acknowledge what it is that you're feeling gives you so much power. Because when you do that, then you can really take control and say, this is how this situation makes me feel. You can look at what triggered you to feel that way. And then if it's a feeling that you'd like to avoid or a situation that you'd like to avoid, then you now have the information that you need to either avoid that situation or to have an idea of how to prepare yourself before stepping into that situation again. And then the last area that we'll focus on here is your spiritual health. So if you're somebody who prays, if you're somebody who needs to go and talk to your guru or you need to, you know, just spend time with yourself, spend time in nature, spend time talking to God, spend time talking to, you know, whatever greater power you see, take that time, make that a priority for you because that connection is helping you to be your strongest self. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about is mindfulness. And mindfulness is a form of self-care. And for me, it really falls under more of the mental health and the emotional health. It is part of the two. But mindfulness is taking time to just be in the present moment. And it's really just acknowledging what is without judgment. So that's where you take the time to acknowledge what emotions you're feeling. You don't have to judge yourself for those emotions. And in all honesty, it does us no good to judge ourselves for the emotions that we're feeling. Acknowledge the emotion, understand what caused it. And if, if it's something that needs to change or you would like to change the situation, then at that point in time, you can do so. But the first step is just making that acknowledgement. And there are also times where, say you've had a really rough day at work or there's just a lot going on and you feel really overwhelmed. Taking time to be mindful, that's what allows you to really get control of your thoughts again. Say you go on a, a walk and during this walk, all you're doing is acknowledging everything that you're seeing. You look at the trees, you, you know, you see the trees, you see the leaves on the trees, you see the birds, you see the bees flying around. What is it that you smell? What do you hear? By focusing on these things, these are not things that require your judgment. These are not things that require you to make decisions or really take a lot of thought and effort on your part. This is you just recentering yourself and coming back to the current space. And then from that mind state, then you can decide what your next step is going to be. Okay, so now 
with me, of course, loving goals. I am a goal success coach and I actually, I actually love creating plans. I think I'm probably the only person that I know like that. But one of the things that I realized is that focusing on self-care and mindfulness help to ensure that your needs are met. Once your needs are met, that's what gives you the capacity to do more. So when you focus on your self-care and your mindfulness, then you can accomplish your goals. It becomes easier. You can be more productive. So now we're going to dive in a little bit deeper. There's, I try to not make it so overwhelming with, the, with what I'm about to share because there really is a lot of information in here. So, okay, let me see. Oh, Claudia, yes, I just saw your comment and it's so true. It's like, there's a huge stigma when it comes to therapy or needing to talk to someone. And as women, or at least the way I grew up, it's always, you're supposed to take care of everybody else. Why do you wanna do something for yourself? Why are you being selfish? What about this person? What about that person? So yeah, it was fighting that and learning how to ignore what other people are saying that's helped me develop my methodology for how I work with clients, but also how I just go about achieving my goals on a regular basis. So now we're going to look at your energy levels and your productivity cycles. So first I wanna talk about your energy cycle. So the energy cycles, this is you understanding how your energy fluctuates throughout your day as well as throughout your week. So I don't know about you, I'm a morning person. I'm barely an afternoon person and I am definitely not a night person. So for you, which one do you relate to more? At what time of day are you better able to focus? Do you have more energy? Do you feel like you can take over the world? And what time of day do you just want to take a nap? Or you just want to stare at the TV? Or you just want to read a book? Or do anything that doesn't really require a whole lot of thought? Yes, morning. I feel like I relate to a lot of morning people. It's like, I love my quiet mornings. I love getting up before the world wakes up. It's still dark outside. I keep the blinds closed. My husband will come out and it'll be bright outside, but I still have all the blinds closed and he thinks it's hilarious. I'm like, I'm not ready to let the world in yet. But in those few hours that I had for myself in the morning, I was able to get so much more done than I normally do during the rest of my day. That's how important it is to know what time of day is best for you to focus and to do the things that matter the most to you. Okay, and now that energy or the energy cycles, that is what you would use to create a block schedule. Oh, so see, we have one night owl. Claudia, you're like my husband. He stays up all night. He can get a million things done. And my brain is just non-functional at that point. So, but yeah. So here, when you create your, your block schedules, you're looking at your week. You're blocking out time for you to work, time for you to focus on you, time for your goals, 
And then you have the time for all of your other activities and your chores and your other responsibilities. Now, this goes along with what Jackie was just talking about. One of the first things that I look at is, you know, after you block out the time that you already have set aside for work, and I also include your commute time. So, you know, as you're going to work, include the time that you get ready for work and your commute time. So all of that time is already blocked off. And you now see how much time you have left. The very next thing that you block out is your self-care time. And this can be a little bit of time each morning. Like for me, I have my, I use my mornings for journaling. But then I also think that you should have one pretty large chunk each week where you just use that time for you. You need time to decompress. You need time to focus on you. We do so much throughout the week that we don't even think about that when you actually sit down and take that time to rest, your body feels so much better afterwards. And then after that, now you can keep going, but you've made yourself a priority. You have it in your schedule. So now you've told yourself, and by putting it in the schedule, you've told yourself and the universe and everybody else who's going to ask you for something that this time is yours. This is your priority and you are not going to keep pushing it off because somebody else tried to jump into that time. Okay, so for your energy cycles, remember you're using that to create your block schedule. So earlier in the day, if you're a morning person or later at night, if you're a night person, block out those times for you to focus on your goals or for you to focus on your work. Now, the time when you want to rest more, block that time for your self-care. So now you're, you're utilizing the time that you have and you're using it based on what your energy says. Now, the next thing that we're going to look at are four different four-phase cycles. And this part here, I actually learned when I read Kate Northrup's Do Less. So if anybody has read that book, then you understand how mind-blowing that book is. If you've never read the book, I highly, highly suggest you read that book. So in this book, Kate Northrup talks about these four different four-phase cycles and how the different phases of these cycles correlate to each other. So the first, um, the first cycle that she talks about are, is the seasonal cycle. So you have winter, spring, summer, and autumn. The next one is the moon cycles. And then you have the new moon, the first quarter moon, the full moon, and then the last quarter moon. We have our menstrual cycles. You have the menstrual phase, the follicular phase, ovulation, and then the luteal phase. And now this last cycle, this is one that Kate Northrup is, she's the one who introduced this, this um, cycle to me. I had never heard anybody else look at it this way. And this is your creativity and your productivity phases. So you have phase one, which is your self-care, rest, and time for setting intentions. You have phase two, which is your time for brainstorming, planning, and actually starting to implement your new ideas. Phase three, this is your high energy, your socializing time. So you're socializing, you're getting out there in the world, you're being seen, you're networking, and this is a great time to do interviews. And then phase four, this is where you start to finish up those projects that you started back in phase two. 
And then towards the end of this phase, this is where I look at um, where you'd spend more time reflecting on what you've done. And then you can start looking at how you might want to incorporate that going forward. So now these four phase cycles, this is what I use to create the goal action plan. So I love starting with these, you know, your big, huge goals. And as Jackie said in the beginning, you create a smart goal. You have your time frame that you would like to achieve this goal. You start breaking that goal all the way down. And I like to break it down into 90-day goals. And then from there, that's when you can break it down into 30-day and then weekly goals. Now, when you get to those 30-day goals, that's when you can start incorporating these phases. So understand which weeks, you know, you're, actually let me, I believe I have a slide with the question. Make it just a little bit easier. Okay, yeah, I'm just talking. Okay, so I didn't include it here, so I'll go back to the slide. So when you look at your phase cycles, Understand which weeks you're likely to need more rest and block out more time during that week for self-care. Understand which, um, which weeks during the month you're going to have the, the energy to get a lot of work done, to focus, to just start knocking stuff off your to-do list. Still incorporate self-care time into that week, but include larger chunks of time for you to focus on your goals. When it's time for you to start socializing and networking, if you're doing podcast interviews, if you're doing job interviews, if you're going out to networking events, try to schedule those events or try to attend events or schedule your interviews during that time when you're most, um, when you're most social. And if you look at during our menstrual cycle, they always say that ovulation, you're basically glowing, like you're attracting people to you because that's what our bodies are doing. So use that time to go out, to socialize, to attract the opportunities to you that you're wanting to achieve. And then once you get to that time where it's, you know, it's after the, the networking, the socializing, and it's time to now come back, finish up what you started, and then start reflecting. Understand where that time is in your schedule and build in more time for that. And then towards the end of that, start building in a little bit more time for self-care because then you'll be heading into that self-care phase. So in Kate Northrup's book, she does talk about how the energies of each of these cycles correlate to each other. But one of the things that I'll say to you is we are so extremely unique. There is no way that the way she explains it is the only way because I'll tell you, I am almost the exact opposite of what she said for the monthly or for the, the month. However, taking that, that all of this information, I was able to then understand my cycles. I was able to track how my energy fluctuated. And then from there, I then knew the best times for me to work on different things throughout the month. Now, if you see, there's also seasonal cycles so here, also look throughout the year because, you know, for example, in her book, she says that um, winter is equivalent to the self-care, rest, and setting intentions phase. However, that may not be the case for you. For me, 
Winter is actually the time when I'm doing a lot of work, doing a lot of socializing and networking and interviewing. So for her, she says spring is equivalent to phase two of the creativity cycle where you're brainstorming, planning, and doing or building all your new ideas. For me, that's the time when I finish my projects and I start doing my reflections. And summer, which she says is a time for socializing and networking, that's my self-care time. But knowing that allows me to plan accordingly because before I learned this information, one, I was exhausted because I was trying to keep up with the, you know, the, the high hustle culture where it's like every single day you need to work on your goals, you need to do this, you need to be up at 5 a.m. I'm not going to lie, that shit, it doesn't work for everybody. I love my mornings and that works for me. But I know my self-care days and on those days I sleep in and I no longer feel guilty about it. I know what times during the month I need to rest and not try to force myself to work. And I no longer feel guilty about that. Trying to keep up with hustle culture is what had me drinking five-hour energy drinks every day. Because on top of me trying to start a business, I was working full-time and I had an almost three-hour commute every day. So I was down to about four hours of sleep every night because I was trying to keep up. Now, I'm no longer doing all of that, but I also now know when I need to rest more. And just listening to your body, your body will let you know if you get to a point where you need to take more time. So I could be in the middle of my socializing or in my high energy brainstorming and planning phase, but I could wake up and feel it in my body that I need to rest. And I give myself that time. Now on days when I can't sleep in, then I'll give myself that time in the afternoon after lunch, I might work on things that don't take quite as much time and as much energy and thought. Or maybe that evening, instead of me doing more work, I'll take some time and read a new book or reread a favorite book. Or I'll just sit down with my husband and whatever he's doing, we'll just sit down and, and hang out for the night. But it's you understanding the fluctuations of your energy levels throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, and throughout the year that give you the information you need to create a goal plan that's focused on you. Okay, I know that's a lot of information, but I think at least having this layout, you can start to understand how important it is to start tracking your cycles. So now, as I mentioned, the daily and weekly energy cycles that you use to create your block schedule. So understand when during the week you have more energy and when you need to start winding down. And then your four phase cycles, use that to create your goal plan throughout the month and throughout the year. So with everything that I've talked about, these are the things that I really want you to take away from this. One, track your energy levels. Learn to predict your energy levels so that you can increase your productivity and your efficiency. But by working during the times that's best for work and resting during the times when you need to rest, you're going to increase your joy for your life and your self-compassion. Next, I want you to develop a self-care and mindfulness practice. Build time in your schedule for self-care. Block that time and use that time to make sure that your needs are taken care of. I get it. 
as women who take care of everybody else, you're going to feel guilty about this at first. I'm challenging you to hold on to that time, maintain that time, and eventually you will see the benefits of you taking time for yourself. And you know what, if it helps, if you feel guilty about it at first, just blame me. I'm more than willing to take the blame for that. You can send me nasty messages, but as long as you're taking care of yourself, that's really all that matters. Okay, next, I want you to create your schedule. So create a block schedule that works for you, that considers your energy levels, and again, includes time for self-care. And then lastly, I want you to make time for your goals. Remember, you are a priority. It's up to you to also make your self-care and your goals a priority. Make time to focus on you. And one of the first questions that I get, and because we have talked about this actually quite a bit, I feel like today, but we never have time because we're always so focused on trying to do everything for everybody else. So I have a PDF and you can scan the QR code to get access to it, but I believe Jackie also has a link that she'll share in the email. But there's a PDF guide of 18 ways that you can find time for your goals because no matter what we're doing so much and we get so caught up in the ways that we do things that we don't stop to think if there's a better way. So taking this time on looking at some of the things that you do on a regular basis, you can start to find ways that you can, you know, you can maybe make a few changes here or tweak something there or ask for help. And then you now have more time for yourself. I see some comments coming in. Oh, I love it, Claudia. No guiltiness. Yes. It took me some time to get there. It really did. At first, I would be like, I would list in my head all the things that I should have been doing. But after I'd say probably about a month or two, I would I would look at my my calendar and I used to give myself um notifications. So like the day before, it's like, hey, you have self-care time coming up. That started to get me excited. So, and it helped me push through the days before because it's like, okay, I'm just going to finish these things and then I'm just taking that time for myself. So I enjoyed it a lot more too. Ah, that's also another one, crashing after caffeine intake. See, understanding that for you helps you plan when to have caffeine and when to know not to have it. Yes, feeling like you're on autopilot. Yep, that was me. Yep. Oh, and yes, the apologies. That's something I'm still struggling with, honestly. I catch myself a lot more, and before I say it, I rephrase it in my head. But that was something that took me a long time to get through. Yeah. So... Okay, and if anybody would like to stay in touch, I didn't, oh, I don't know how I did that, but I did include my, my contact information here as well. So you can find me on my website on social. I am the Goal Success Coach. I do have a free Facebook community, and then you can find me at my, or you can reach out to me by email as well. Okay. So let's see, let me stop sharing so I can see everybody. 
Uh, thank you, everyone. Does anybody have any other questions or anything? This is a great time to share a burning question. And then again, we'll be together for the happy hour for all those questions about these techniques. But anything else you want to know um, from us, about us? <laughs> And I think there might be a question. Okay. Uh, see, Claudia, you're saying, do we share with others uh, when we schedule it? Okay. So I've done that before, or if somebody's asking me to do something either for them, or, you know, if it's like, hey, I want to do this. I'm an introvert, so for me, I need to be very, very careful with my energy. And honestly, most of my closest friends are extroverts. So when they want to do something, it takes a lot of energy from me. So my closest friends, they know certain days that I'm just not going to be available. But that's because I've built in my self-care time during that day. Now, when we're trying to plan different things, I may not let somebody know that that's my downtime. I just tell them I'm not available because we we don't have to give anybody a reason for us to not be available. It's our time. If we're not available, we're just not available. Now, if something does come up, then you can rearrange your schedule. There have been times where something comes up and it's like, okay, I can't miss this opportunity. Let me take this time for myself You know, earlier in the week. That way I'm replenished before I do that. Or I know certain techniques that I can do, like if I'm going to do something and I know that maybe I don't have the energy the way I want to, I'll do a bit more, a bit more meditation, a bit more grounding before I do that. But then I also schedule extra self-care time after so that I have that time to recover. Great response. I think a lot of us feel guilty about that me time. And um, and even even when I sit on the couch and say, I'm just going to watch a movie for a couple of hours. And I'm like, well, I should be writing. I should be working. I should be in a meeting and we feel guilty. So I, that, that was very helpful. And then do you share that? Do you tell people I'm not available because I'm watching a movie now, you know, and, and, and you have a right to just say I'm not available. Yeah. And honestly, me and my husband have this system where if it's something that he doesn't want to do, he'll blame me. And I do the same thing. So it's like, oh, no, I can't do that because my husband has this. Or no, I can't do that because my wife has this. If you have that kind of system, then it works. Mm -hmm. it does. And I, I, uh, there's another comment there. And that's exactly how I feel a lot of times. I'm always with my to-do list, which is this idea of feeling like you're not, if you're not doing something, you're useless. And um, that negativity, I put that on myself all the time. Yeah, but the reality is, one, no matter what, you're not useless. Two, you're going to be or you're going to feel more useless. You're not going to get as much done. You're not going to be as efficient. And you're not going to put your best foot forward if you don't take that time for yourself. If you were always exhausted, like I said, I was drinking five-hour energy drinks every single day. I was driving almost three hours just to get back and forth to work. What I was doing was not my best work because I was always exhausted, but I wasn't taking that time to make sure that my needs were met. 
once I started taking that time, the work that I was putting out was 10 times better. So that's what helped me get through those first couple months of feeling guilty when I was taking that time because I was never somebody who liked to just sit around and watch TV. So I would find something on Netflix. Then I started finding other things that I could do with my self-care time. One of the things that I did, and actually you can take the, the exercise we just did with Jackie, look at all of those lists. And then when you create your block schedule and you put in that self-care time, put that list in the description of that activity. And then every time it comes to that time of the week, you have a list of things that you can choose from that are going to replenish and recharge you. Wonderful advice. Thank you. And and again, you see the connections from all our different speakers in today's summit. So thank you for making that connection for us.